Let's start recording. Okay, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for today. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your love towards us and the amazing things you are doing in our lives and through us. We ask to today, dear Holy Spirit, that as we um, learn from you, as we study your word, may you speak to us directly, speak peace to our hearts, grant us understanding and insight, bring the manifestation of what you speak about in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Okay. Um, so today we are... All right, so today we are looking at um, a very important, as well as interesting, um, topic, right? And we title these times and season, times and season. Um, now, I know that if you've been a Christian for a little bit, you would have heard something like this um, and you probably have you know studied about it and learned about it but this is one of the very important topics um and concepts really in christianity that we need to understand uh so that we can maximize god's system on the earth you know as we press on towards maturity one of the things you find out is that even though god is god he intentionally subjected himself to certain certain things or to certain laws um, as we we'll call them, not because he can't do outside, he can't operate outside those laws, and he he can and he has shown shown that. But as a principle for, you know, as his mode of operation, he's set those laws um, to govern our experiences. And if we're going to experience the best of God while here on earth, then we need to know those laws and understand how um, they operate so that we can benefit from that all right and this is times and seasons is one of those one of such um phenomenon that god has subjected himself to and he did that also for a benefit because the moment you can you understand um you understand the operations of times and seasons then you find out that your ex your christian experience will be richer you have more results you can you know the bible says concerning the israelites that they knew the ways they knew the acts of god but moses knew his ways meaning that there are people who just know the manifestation of of, of god's acts they understand they can tell you stories and testimonies you know that have happened whether in their lives or other people's lives but they really don't know how to reproduce that testimony they can't explain the how god operates and that's what um that's what we we want to understand today we want to understand how god actually does operates all right and one of so, in our in our quest to understand that we have to study times and seasons um for several reasons and 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 we're going to look at that today but for today's study what i want us to focus on is just the introduction um and i i, I don't know if we'll finish the introduction today but i'll just i will only want to lay the foundation today for us and then we'll progress as the coming weeks um surface all right so just for an introduction and to, to show us why it's important um that we understand times and seasons and you know what it is it all about um is it really even scriptural you know someone will come and say well but god is god he can do anything he wants to do at any time 
And the person is not wrong, but the person is not right. Meaning that, yes, God is God, but because of the laws and mechanisms he has put right for our operation, he doesn't just do anything anytime. For instance, um, um, typically in Nigeria, um, December is dry season. Uh, or, or yeah, December is dry season, or, or let's say January. Many rain doesn't rarely falls. Um, especially if you are in the northern parts of Nigeria, rain would rarely fall during this um, the dry season. Now, is it possible for God to make rain fall during dry season? Absolutely, yes. But that is not the norm. That is not his mode of operation. Reason because he already created a system that says there is rainy season, there's dry season, or if you are in other parts of the world, there's autumn, there's spring, there's fall, there's summer. And all of these seasons have their peculiar um, experiences and ca characteristics, right? For instance, you, are, you get snow during winter, um, but you wouldn't get snow during, you likely wouldn't get snow during the fall, except it's an unusual season. But so just saying that, yes, God does, God can do and undo, he's all powerful, he's omniscient, he's everything, right? He's sovereign, but he has constrained himself to certain laws that we have to understand so that we can get the best of God, all right? And I'm really excited about this because your life will change, I promise you. Your life will change after this. Okay, so let us start from the beginning and see um, some of the, let's even see the introduction of this whole concept. So let's go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 14, first of all. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 14. So this is the creation story um, that the Bible lets, gives us insight into. And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 14, right? And God said, let there be light in the, in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons. Look at what God said. This was still when he was creating, okay? And he says, let there be light in the sky and let the, let the light divide day from night. Then he goes on to say that let the light be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. Now I'll read this same scripture in the NLC um, New Living Translation. There's a way it puts it that I want to I want to explain to us. Um, so we're reading Genesis chapter eight, all right? Genesis, sorry, Genesis chapter one. I beg your pardon. Genesis chapter one and verse fourteen. Okay, so from NLC. It says, and the Lord said, let light appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Then he says, let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. So in God's creation, God factored in seasons and time, all right? And how do I know that? Because he says, let the light be, be a sign to differentiate or to mark seasons, right? And then he moves on to say, let's you also mark days and years. So days and years can be summarized as time, meaning the light do two, or the light rather signify two major things or provide sign um, for two major things. One is season and the other is time. So if, even from creation, right, from the beginning of time, what God did was to create the possibilities of seasons and time. And we're going to look at 
what how this applies to us further, but just to show us from the beginning that times and season was is not alien to creation, wasn't introduced as an afterthought. It was part and parcel of God's um creation of the earth. He factored it into the earth. All right. And when we go to Genesis chapter 8, and this makes it all the more clear. Genesis chapter 8, verse 20 and 20 to 22. Genesis chapter 8, verse 20 to 22. Um, I, I mean, backstory, most of us already know. Noah um, had just come out of the flood, you know, and he sacrificed unto God. And then look at what verse, okay, verse 20 says, And Noah built an altar unto the Lord, and took of every clean beast and every every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. <clears throat> Verse 21 says, And the Lord smelled a sweet savour, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not curse the ground anymore for man's sake, for the imagination of, his, of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite anymore everything living as I have done. Verse 22 is my emphasis. It says, while the earth remains, that means as long as this earth is in existence, it says seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Meaning that as long as this earth is in existence, you may go to heaven and you may not find this phenomenon, but as long as you're on earth and as long as this earth, this earth is in existence, the concept of times and seasons will always apply. And then it goes on to say, there'll be seed time, there'll be harvest, there'll be cold, there'll be heat, there'll be summer, there'll be winter, there'll be day and there'll be night. And just judging from this list, you can see that there are opposites of this. Every, every pair is an opposite of itself. So there's um, seed time, there's harvest, there's cold, there's heat, there's summer, there's winter. Before I proceed, let me just chip this in. That if you understand this, then you also understand that it is not, you know, it is not a strange thing for you to go through what we call desert seasons of your life. Because by design, there is supposed to be summer and there's supposed to be winter. It will not always be day. There are times when in your life where it will be night. It will not always also be night. There are times when it will be day. And if you understand just this concept, it teaches you a lot of wisdom on how to deal with the experiences of your life so that you can look at your life and by discernment know that, okay, I am in a night season of my life. What do I do in a night season? In a night season, these are the things you should do. This is how you should respond. Or you look at your life and say, oh, well, I'm in a dry season of my life, not because I've offended God, not because there's a curse on my life, not for any reason, just because times and seasons apply. And if you can tell yourself, okay, that I am in, in a day, in a, what they call dry season now. And so what do I do in a dry season? And you learn the wisdom of God. Also, if you understand this concept, you will see why Joseph spoke to the, um, Joseph told Pharaoh that this is what they should do. From the dream he had, uh, seven years of abundance, seven years of, of scarcity. And he told them that in the years of abundance, you don't eat everything. You take about 20% and store it so that when the days of, um, Famine come, you will still have to eat. And, and this is the wisdom of God. And this is, again, why I'm so in, um, interested about this this topic we're talking today. Um, we're talking about today. The reason is because you, seasons will change. And just like we read from 
Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. There will be night, there will be day. There will be winter, there will be um, summer. There will be cold, there will be heat. It will not always be day. And no matter what you pray and fast, it will not always be day. It will not always be summer. Things will change. And I, I mean this even um, prophetically for your uh, lives, right? There are seasons where it will not always be um, day seasons. You also move into night seasons. But God in his wisdom has created a system where whether it is day or night, we are well taken care of. And that is the wisdom that um, Joshua told Pharaoh, that in the seven years of abundance, you can't eat everything. Maybe in those years, maybe for just for instance, food was so affordable, they were producing so much, you know, everybody had money, their money was everywhere. And Joseph said to them that in this year of abundance, you can't eat everything. Save 20%. Because the year of famine is coming. The years of famine are coming. And it was that wisdom that kept them alive. Meaning there was nothing that was going to stop the years of famine from coming. But the, a wisdom was supplied such that even in the years of famine, it will, there will be no difference from the people's experience that the season has changed. Do you get what I'm saying? When the, You know, when the Bible says, when others say there's a casting down, we will say there's a lifting up. Is a powerful scripture. We all say amen to it. But next time you quote that scripture, in your heart, ask God for the wisdom to make that scripture a reality. Because if, when other people are saying there's a casting down, um, the only reason why you'll be able to say there is a lifting up is because God has given you a wisdom that when there was abundance, you did not squander everything such that in the seasons of famine, you were well taken care of. All right? Okay, I've, I really, really jumped. So let's go back. But, but I read the scripture just to show us that times and seasons are not strange to, um, to the earth. And when I say the earth, I'm not just referring to the geographic um, interactions of the earth. So farming and, and all of that, or the economies. I'm saying even to your life, right, um, more bringing it home to your life, there are seasons of your life. There are seasons where, for instance, seasons where it's almost as though nobody really cares about you and you're just in an alone season. And what we popularly call a, a wilderness season, all right? You're just in a season where you are, for the most part, alone. To your left, to your right, you can't really tell that you are friends. And at that season, you, in that season, you might not know the wisdom or the, the, the um, importance of that season. And if you don't know the importance of that season, you're going to waste it. Because in that season, you may feel rejected, Meanwhile, that is a preparatory season for you. The season where not every, you don't have so many friends, just a few people know you, and you you are you're a good person. You've done you do everything that you you um you know to do, but yet nobody really knows you. That is a wilderness season, and the wilderness season is not meant to um to discourage you. A wilderness season is primarily to prepare you. But if you don't understand the wilderness season, then you give up on the dreams that God has placed in your heart. You give up on the impressions that God built in you, all right? Um, because there's nobody, you, you feel like nobody cares about you or nobody believes in you. Whereas from God's perspective, what you call a wilderness season is just a training ground, a preparatory season, a season for building convictions and all of that. Because by the time you get into the season of fame, what happens in that season is everything you built will be tested. And if you did not spend time building, then you would ultimately crash. But don't forget, seasons will always come and go. Okay, and that's why we want to understand the wisdom to operate and understand, and I'm sorry, operate and um, perform in, in various seasons 
and then what God would expect of us. Okay, so let's read another scripture just to lay the foundation and to, I guess, convince us that seasons do exist. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. Uh, the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and we will read, we'll read two verses, verse 1, and we'll read verse 11. By the way, sorry that we don't have slides today. Um, just couldn't get around creating them. But from next week, hopefully we'll have the slides. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. Where are we? Um, okay, yeah. So the Bible says, 3 verse 1, it says, To everything there is a season. And if you just stop and think about this, you know, and just meditate about it, it will bless your heart so much. Meaning that the thing you are desiring God for that hasn't even come yet, there is a season where it has no option but to come. The things that you are praying for and you're, you're dreaming about and you're anticipating, there is a season that it will naturally come. It's just the same way that in rainy season, you don't pray for rain. It doesn't, it will, it will be absurd for you to pray for rain in rainy season because that is the season. It is, it is a raining season. If it was in dry season and you really needed rain, then you will need to pray. You will need to engage the forces of heaven. But in rainy season, rain will come because that is the season. And it's the same way also that in our lives, God deals with us in seasons. And when you enter a season, it will be impossible for certain experiences not to happen because that is the season for those experiences to happen. All right? So it says, for everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. And this is something I want to again reiterate. It says, there is a purpose to everything under heaven, and there's a, there's a, there's a, um, there's a, a season for everything, all right? Meaning, as long as God is concerned, if he's going to release, express himself in your life or even on the earth, he always does that in seasons. He has intentionally limited himself, himself rather, to seasons so that every season comes with a unique expression of God. And you can also tell this for your life, uh, in your own life, and you see that this is true. If you take inventory of the dealings of God in your life, you find out that there's a part, there was a particular season where the emphasis of God's dealing, for instance, was about the fact that he loves you. Now, it doesn't mean he will ever stop, he will stop loving you outside of that season. But in that season, there was, a, there was an intense emphasis on his love for you. If you move to another season, there was maybe an emphasis on the fact that um, you need to be, say, disciplined, for instance. And then you move to another season and God shows you um, the need for to be kind. And then in, from season to season, God expresses himself in different ways, all right? And this is what God has decided in his sovereignty and his wisdom, that every time he wants to express himself, he, he, he contains himself to seasons so that we can experience him in those seasons. And if we miss the season of God for our lives, it will be an act of God's mercy for that season to come back. You know, let me share, share a personal, personal example. There was a time where I think I was in my 100 level and I didn't know better, right? And I wish I did, but in my 100 level, one day God spoke to me from scripture and said, morning by morning, he wakens my ear to, to hear his voice. And for, for after God said that to me, 
for several days after that, early in the morning, the Holy Spirit wakes me up at almost the exact same time. And as soon as he wakes me up, I begin to pray and then God begins to speak to me. That was a season that God was introducing me to. But what happened was I wasn't too diligent with that season. And what, what, what eventually happened was there are times when God would wake me up and I, I could have woken up, but I just said, mm, let me sleep a little bit, a little more. And if you walk with, when you walk, as you walk with Holy Spirit rather, you see that he's very sensitive. So the first day, okay, yeah, the next day he woke me up. Mm, I still stretch, stretch, I went back to sleep. By the end of that week, I just noticed that I stopped waking up at that same time. And it was, it took a long time. I mean, yes, for me to even come back to that same kind of experience. So what I'm saying is that God deals with us from seasons to season. And if we don't understand that God deals with us season to season, then we would waste a season without knowing that it's, it would, it is wasted. And again, it will take the mercy of God for that season to come back. So God is a God of times and season. All right. Um, let us read, okay, we read Genesis chapter 8. Okay, one more scripture just to convince us. Um, one more scripture here. This is Daniel chapter 2. Am I correct? Yes, Daniel chapter 2. Um, Daniel chapter 2, verse 20 uh, to 21. So like I said today, I just really want to lay the foundation for what we'll be looking at in the next um, couple of weeks. And then, um, yeah, trust God to help us. So Daniel chapter 2, verse 20 and 21. So this was a time where Daniel and his friends, friends' lives, lives were threatened because the king dream, dreamt a dream and um, he didn't remember the dream. And so he wanted someone to remind, tell him the dream and tell him the interpretation. So collectively, they went to pray, Daniel and his three friends, all right? And in a vision of the night, God gave them the the answer to their prayers that's give them the dream and the interpretation of it. Now in verse 20, Daniel answered and said, blessed be the name of God forever and ever for wisdom and my might are his. All right. Verse 21, my emphasis, it says, and he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and sets up kings. He gives wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. So Daniel brought a very helpful revelation to us. And he says that the person responsible for times and seasons is God. That God has the ability to change times and seasons. He can change the seasons of a person's life. He can change the seasons of a country. He can change the seasons of a business. He can change the seasons of a family, whatever it is. But that control lies in, with God. And this is very refreshing for us because um, we know that we are we are on God's side and that God can change the times and seasons of our lives. Okay, so this again points to the fact that God operates with within times and seasons and then times and season, seasons are his own creation, they are his own concept. Um, it's not just something that was an afterthought by, by man or anybody, but that God himself instituted times and seasons, all right? So with these few points of mind, I hope I've been able to convince you and not confuse you that times and seasons are very valid, okay? And why, again, I, I believe God wants us to, you know, study along these lines is because we are in a, we are entering a different season or a new season, um, prophetically or as, as, as a body of Christ. 
And one of the ways you know it is, you know, um, as I said, that I and the children you have given unto me are for signs and wonders. What part, part of what that means is that if you investigate our lives, where our lives, the occurrences of our lives are signs and wonders. A sign is something that points to another thing, all right? So if you can look at your experience, the experiences in your life, you'll see that the experiences in your life point to a larger um, objective or to a larger um, larger data sets. Meaning that if you look at experiences in your life, you can tell what God is doing in the body of Christ as a whole, all right? And for us to be able to understand this, what God is doing as a whole, then we need to be able to discern what seasons we are in, in our own individual lives, um, first of all. Okay, so the question now, again, is, now having seen that, that times and seasons are of God, question again here is, why are times and seasons important? Why are they important, all right? But before I continue, I want to hear from us. Why do you think times and seasons are important? Um, I would love your responses on Zoom. A couple of people have dropped off. Okay. And also for those of us on Mixellar, please kindly type in your response. I, I could take at least two people. Why do you think times and seasons are important? Welcome to Bible study. So why do you think times and seasons are important? Um, anyone should please go ahead. You can speak up if you're on, on Zoom. If you're on Mixellar, kindly just type in your response. Okay. Why? Hi. I can. All right. This is Adebayo here. Okay. Hi, Bayo. Yeah. So um, I believe that times and seasons are important for us as individuals because, um, you know, God created time and created season. And it's so amazing that God created a time and season. And even he does not even live in that time and in, and in season. Mm -hmm. So the whole essence of time and season is actually for us as, as a person because um, God actually wants us to grow to, um, to how, how would I put this now? God expects us to get to a particular level before he really starting things for us as individuals. And that's why, so the concept of times and season is actually just for us and God is not contained in that because God wants us to mature to get certain things and all. And time and season is just, the way we have been able to interpret um, that situation. I don't know if I can if I can put that in that way. So God wants us to mature. God wants us to, us to grow. And mm -hmm. so time is just an earthly currency in which we use to measure what God does. So technically, as, you know, there's a part in the Bible that says that 1,000 years is like a day to God. So mm -hmm. God in, in himself created that time and season for our benefit because he wants us to mature into certain things before we experience those things. So that's just one of the ways in which... Um, I believe that times and seasons are important for us as, as individuals, most importantly as believers. Thank you. Thank you very much. There's something you said that I think is powerful, um, that time is how we measure what God does, or something like that. Um, but yeah, I found that... Times is a, time and seasons are, cor are earthly currency mm. that we, we use to measure what God does on earth, technically. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bayo. Um, I think Rosie were about to say something. Um, yes, I was. Good evening, everyone. So I'm Rosie. Um, I think times and seasons are important because they prepare us for different things in life. Different seasons teach us different things. 
Some seasons teach us discipline, some seasons teach us patience. And that is important when, when you're thinking about it from being a well-rounded Christian and just navigating life in general. So I feel like times and seasons are put in place for our own good to teach us different things at different times. Mm. And God would obviously not give us what we cannot handle um, at certain points. So I feel like at every given point in every given season, we know that whatever it is, we can handle it and we would grow from it and learn something new. So yeah, that's my perspective. Thank you. Thank you very much, Rosie. Um, that What you said now really got me thinking a lot because you're very correct. Time, times and seasons prepare us for different things. You know how, let's using a natural example, when a child is, say, in primary school, there are basic things that, say, for in Nigeria, primary school is six years, five or six years, right? So there are basic, basic things that the child ought to learn within those six years. And such that when the child gets into secondary school, there's an expectation that the child should have learned how to, for instance, write, read and write by, by, by that time. Um, there's an expectation that the child should be able to say his name or communicate communicate um, fundamentally. Now, if the child escapes escapes that um, primary school year and decides to be in a hurry and go into secondary school, obviously you know what will happen is that the child would really struggle because the season that was to prepare the child for where he is going to or, or she's going to, um, the child missed out on that season. And I believe it's the same thing for us as believers, just like Rosie said that many seasons come to prepare us, all right? And back, just drawing back to the example I gave, you know, about wilderness seasons and all the like, they come to prepare us really, uh, to prepare us for what God has prepared for us. And we can really dwell on it. One example that is coming to my mind is um, Joseph, all right? Uh, Joseph, first of all, had a vision, had a dream from God that he was going to, you know, be great. People will bow down to him. And that's amazing. He was excited, and in fact, out of his excitement, he probably went to share the dream without, you know, applying wisdom to it. But no problem. He was excited. However, the journey God took him through, uh, I believe, was nothing like what he expected. However, the seasons he was in the wilderness, uh, sorry, he, he was in the prison, he was um, in Egypt, and all of that season where he was in obscurity actually prepared him to be the prime minister. Because you see, even though it is God's destiny for him to be the leader, I believe to be the prime minister, if Joseph didn't go through the seasons of preparation, even if God made him a prime minister, he would have made a mess of that whole situation or the whole you know, um, position that God gave to him. So the seasons when he was in, the, in Potiphar's house taught him how to manage resources, taught him how to be responsible, taught him how to you know, take care of other people's property. And even when he went to the prison, he also learned how to manage there. And notice that it was from prison, he went straight to prime minister. There was no, there was no Coursera course on management. There was no quick Harvard, Harvard um, six-month course on how to manage a country. No, it was straight from, prime, from prison to prime minister. And yet he did well. In fact, in that period, Egypt became really wealthy. The government became really wealthy, all right? And it became, you know, world power because of his skill and management. Where did that come from? It came from the season of obscurity. So I'm just, just agreeing with what Rosie said, 100%, that seasons do prepare us for where God, uh, what, for what God has prepared for us. Okay, um, Mixeller, I haven't seen any comment from us uh, yet. Kindly drop a comment. Um, while I proceed, just tell me what, why do you think times and seasons are important? 
All right. So thanks for your contributions, Rosie and Adebayo. Um, I just want to read a couple of scriptures to show us how important, you know, times and seasons are and why they're even important in the first place. So first Corinthians, sorry, first Chronicles, not Corinthians, first Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. Um, where are you? All right. First Chronicles chapter 12 and verse 32, it says, so this is speaking concerning um, a certain group of people, right? It says, and the children of Issachar, which was one of the tribe of Israel, it says, which were men that had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Then it says, the heads of them were 200 and all their brethren were at their commandments. Very interesting. First, it says that the children of Issachar, right, were men of understanding. You know, it's so fascinating that a whole tribe could be could could have a have a particular kind of understanding, meaning they could refer to a particular tribe and say, these people, right, are men of understanding. So, in other words, if one of these people were in a classroom, for instance, from their brilliance and their understanding, they could someone can walk up to them and say, "Are you from the tribe of Issachar?" And the person says, why? It's like, because the way you have understanding, all right? And I, I, this is what I'm trusting God, that my family will become like men of men and women of understanding. But moving on, it says that these were men who had understanding of the times. So they had understanding of the seasons. That's what it means. They knew how to interpret the seasons. That is, That means they could wake up and see some things in the environment and know that a season has changed. And guess what? It goes on to say that to know what Israel ought to do. That means every season comes with the requisite actions. That means, again, that you, it's not everything you can do in every season. It's just the same way that you cannot, it is futile to plant, um, say, corn, right? Which grows very well in Nigeria, but it grows during the rainy season. It will be an effort in futility for you to plant corn in November because that is not the season for corn to grow. It will be a waste of effort. So these people understood the seasons, and I'm not just not seasons geographically now or in terms of agriculture, but seasons even spiritually, more so spiritually, that they understood the seasons and they knew what Israel ought to do. They knew what the entire nation ought to do. That means they could wake up, look at the signs that point to a particular season and tell Israel, this is not the season to go to war. This is the season where everybody should farm and just stay in their house. Then they could look again and say, ah, this is the season where God has given us victory. We need to go and conquer the nations around us. They just had that understanding. And this is one of the importance of understanding times and seasons because it gives value to your actions. Times and seasons gives value to your actions, gives results, makes your actions effective because the sons of Issachar understood the times and seasons and they knew what Israel ought to do. So there are things that even in this season, current season of your life, you ought not to do. There are probably places you should not go because of this season of your life. Think about a pregnant woman, all right? No matter, I mean, a pregnant woman probably who is nine months, no matter how this pregnant woman loves playing basketball, the doctor will not tell encourage her to go and play basketball because of the season she's in. Because the season she's in is a very delicate season. She's about to give birth 
to so, to a, a, a human being and is a moment of joy. But if she goes to play the basketball, she might hurt that pregnancy. And it's very similar to many of us right now. That we are, we are prob you are probably in a pregnant season where there are things God wants to give birth to through your life. And he wants to launch into the earth through you. And because of that, he needs you to understand the season so that you will know what you ought to do and consequently what you ought not to do. So this is one of the benefits of um, times and understanding times and seasons. It gives, it gives direction to our action. I, I, again, let me say this. It's not everything you can do at every time. It will not work. It will not work. And even if this is just the only thing we emphasize, you know, with the time we have left, then that's great. But it's not everything you can do at every season of your life. It just would not work, okay? And um, how do, again, do I, why do I even say that? John chapter 5, verse 9, right? Verse 19, sorry, just take these thoughts a little further. John chapter 5, verse 19. This was Jesus Christ himself speaking, oh, Jesus Christ, the son of God, the one, the word of God in flesh, you know, that had the spirit without measure. This is what he said. Then Jesus answered and then answered Jesus and said to them, verily, verily, I say unto you, the son cannot, can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For what things soever um, he does, this also doeth the son. I know I'm reading King James Version with a lot of do's and doubts, but please just follow me. So what Jesus Christ was saying is, um, even though I am the son of God, yet I can't just do anything. It is what I see the father do. That is exactly what I do. And this is really the secret of Jesus' effectiveness in, in ministry and in life generally. That there were so many things he could do, but he only did the things that he saw the father doing. And that is how we walk and operate in times and seasons. That there are so many things you can do, but it is only what God is doing in that season that you do. For the, and, and, and first of all, this starts personally before we even extend it to a wider, to a wider body or to a wider audience. That God may not be starting a business in your life. Now, this is personally. God may not be starting a business. And even though you've gone to, to business school, you have an MBA, you have a flair for business. If you really want to be successful in business, you have to wait until God is starting a business. Then you start the business because that is the season for you to do it. Um, you know, you know. let, let me, let me share, share an, an experience. One of my friends called me one, when I just got married. And maybe some months after I got married, and he asked me, you know, my real close friend. So he asked me and said, you know, how how is marriage? And of course, marriage is fine, fantastic up till now, um, and forever. And so he said, okay, that why? How did you know that it was time for you to marry? And I said to him, in all honesty, and this is part of the uh, uh, what's it called? Part of the um, encouragement I, I share with people who are just who want to get married. And I said to him in honesty that. How I knew it was time to get married wasn't necessarily because I had saved enough money to host a wedding or to start a family, as important as money is. Neither was it, um, was it because I maybe had gotten a certification or gotten to a, a level in my job. And I said, okay, with this salary or with this level I've attained, let me go and look for a wife now and get married. No, that's not what happened. What I said to him, and which is really the truth, is... The way I knew it was time to get married was that I entered a season and I knew this was a season to get married. And in that season, 
I knew that even if I didn't have everything materially ready to, you know, to start a family or to get wedded, but because that season has come, if I take an action of faith, God will honor my step of faith and we would be successful because that is the season. And this is what Jesus Christ is saying, was saying as well. That is what I see my father do. And this is how we operate with times and seasons, that what God is doing in that season, that's what you do. If God in this season is, um, trying to look for a good example for, for us now. If God in this season is, or in this season of your life, is leading you to go and speak with people from house to house, for instance, then go, go about it that way. You get results. Even if it's unconventional, even if it is um, is not what is in vogue or what is trending, as long as you, you know that this is what God is doing in that season, then do it. Our effectiveness is not tied to our brilliance. Our effectiveness is tied to us discerning what God is doing per season and then doing it. This is the genius of understanding times and season. We direct our actions. It's um, on that understanding fuels what we what what we are doing. All right, it directs us on what we should do, and obviously we get to see the results that God intended for us. I want to read an example, read a story, and see the consequence of acting, of carrying out an action in a season that was not meant for it. Okay, and because like we've established, when we understand times and seasons, we see. Um, we can see the results, we know the benefits of it, and we, you know, we, we basically benefit from that obedience and from that understanding. Just like the sons of Issachar, they knew, they had an understanding of the times um, and seasons, and they knew what Israel ought to do. Again, let me just say that there are things you ought to do in this season of your life, and there are things you ought not to do. For some of you, in this season of your life, you shouldn't even be on social media, you should just be spending time with God and not being be distracted, all right? For some people, this is a time where you need to go out on social media and make noise and make yourself known out there, put yourself out there. For some other people, this is the season where you need to build relationships um, around you and all of that. Now, if these actions are good at any time or they are, they are not bad in themselves, but if you don't know the season you are in, then you might be carrying out a good action in the wrong season. All right, I know ultimately it wouldn't benefit you. So let, let me read a scripture. Um, very interesting one. Second Kings chapter five. We most likely already know this story. Uh, so I'm just going to read the verse that is my concern. But just so again to give us um background, uh Naaman had come to what's his name now to Elisha to the prophet Elisha and said to him. I mean, based on the recommendation of the servant girl. And Elisha didn't even bother coming out, told Naaman what to do, wash in the river Jordan seven times. Naaman did that and he got home, right? And he wanted to give Elisha gifts, but Elisha said, no, 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 don't, don't, no, don't bother about the gifts. In fact, let me read that place for us. Um, this is 2 Kings chapter 5, verse... 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 15, okay? This after Naaman had gotten healed, healed. he said, uh, and he returned to the man of God and he and all his companies came and stood before him and said, behold, now I know that there is a God in all Israel, in all earth. Sorry, let me take that again. Now I know there is no God in all the earth, but in Israel. Now, therefore, I pray you take a blessing from thy servant. But he said, this is Elijah saying now, as the Lord lives before whom I stand, 
I will receive none. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. Meaning Naaman was, was healed. He was happy and, you know, just honor of, and gratitude to God. He wanted to give Elisha a gift. But Elisha said, you know what? No, 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 I will not collect. And Naaman pressed, but Elisha said, no, he stood his ground. Now we know the story. Um, um, Gehazi, his servant, went behind his back, collected the gifts, fabricated a lie and said, you know, blah, 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 blah. And anyways, Naaman said, oh, why not? Take, take, I gave him twice what he asked. Now Gehazi came back and look at Elisha's response to him. Second Kings chapter five, verse 25 and 26. He says, but he went in and stood before his master. And Elisha said unto him, whence comest thou, Gehazi? And he said, thy servant went no, nowhere, basically. Verse 26 says, and he said unto him, went not my heart with thee, or did my heart not go with you when the man turned again from his chariots to meet you? Look at the next, sent, next statement Elisha made. He said, is it a time to receive money and to receive garments and oliviats and vineyards and sheep and oxen and men servants and maid servants. Verse 27, the leprosy therefore of Naaman shall cleave unto you and thy seed forever. And he went out of his presence and he was leprous. This is what Elisha was saying in essence, that even though Gehazi went to collect the gifts against Elisha's wish, that, was really, that wasn't really Elisha's problem. The real problem lied in the fact that Elisha said to him that, is this the season to collect gifts? That means Elisha from discernment understood the season that he was in. And from his discernment, he knew that this is not the season to collect gifts. And that was why he rejected the gifts from um, Naaman, not because he doesn't collect gifts on a normal day. In fact, if you read 1 Samuel, you know that as a, as a culture of for the Israelites, um, whenever you go to see a prophet, you come with gifts, all right? Whenever you go to see any a man of God, a prophet, you come with gifts. So it was a normal thing. And Elisha knew that. But in this situation and at this season, Elisha discerned that this is not the season to collect gifts. And that's why he rejected it. But, Ge but Gehazi didn't understand the season. He didn't know. And so he just went to collect it. And that was the problem Gehazi had. So I'm saying that it is not everything that is good that you do in every season. Every season comes with its requisite actions. And this is why we must be discerning enough to know the season that God has brought us into, the season that God has introduced us in. Let me tell you that if you have observance in your life, you'll find out that there's a season where people, all of a sudden, people were just angry with you. And it just seemed like people were, were taking offense at you, not for anything you have done and not because there was a, an attack or anything like that, but just because it was a season. Maybe that season, God was trying to, to um, filter the people that were in your life, right? And, and, and what you needed to do in that moment is, hey, if anybody comes with anything agitation, agi any agitation or any strife, all you just needed to do is to keep quiet and not argue with them because God was using situations to reveal people so that he can filter them away from your life. But if you don't know that, if you don't understand that season, then you probably run around trying to please everybody, or you probably go about wondering what is wrong with you. Have you, you know, entered a problem or whatever it is? But it's not every good action, like I said, that ought to be taken in every season. And as we understand the seasons of our lives, like the sons of sons of Issachar, we will know what we ought to do. All right. And unlike Gehazi, we wouldn't. Take gifts when God is not taking you or when God isn't 
asking us to receive gifts or when the season for gifts taking um, hasn't come. Hallelujah. Okay, I hope that was helpful. Um, one more thing. Uh, we have seven more minutes. Okay, I'll probably take one more thing <clears throat> and then we would, would wrap up from there. Well, let's go back to Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11. Times and seasons. I assure you, eh, if you understand times and seasons and you maintain sensitivity in your life, you know that you don't really need to struggle for things to happen. I promise you, you don't need to struggle for things to happen. Because if you know how to, how to operate in the season, how to, how to allow, how to accommodate a season from God, and then how to operate in that season, you find out that they got, by God's design, you really shouldn't struggle for things. They would come in, in a fantastic way and uh, without stress. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11, verse 11, yeah. Let me read, I want to read this from the, um, I want to read this from the New King James Version. Give me a moment, please. Give me a moment, give me a moment, give me a moment. Where are my Ecclesiastes 9, verse 11. <clears throat> okay. So the New King James Version says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swifts, meaning that the person who wins the race is not necessarily, <clears throat> excuse me, the fastest person. One minute, please. Um, you know, we just finished <clears throat> um, the Commonwealth Games. And um, I mean, by every standard, <clears throat> excuse me, by every standard, the person who should win 100 meters race is the fastest person, right? But when it comes to the race of life, the Bible says that it is really not the fastest person. In other words, it's not the person, let me, let me make it play. It's not the person, for instance, that finish, finishes school first that eventually becomes most successful. Or you know how they say it's, in Nigeria, that is not the person that builds house, the first person built house on the street that eventually builds the finest house. Okay. So it's not the, the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to wise to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favor to men of skill. Then he goes on to say, but time and chance happen to them all, meaning that the parameters that typically indicate success. Is not really what makes people successful. But then he goes on to introduce two factors that are, are very key to overall success. He says time and chance. And the word chance here doesn't mean luck. It doesn't mean luck or coincidence, no. Um, and that's very simple because from, from the whole of scripture, there's no, the concept of luck doesn't even exist. God doesn't, um, God doesn't operate within the experience of luck. You're just lucky. No, God is too intelligent and too sovereign for luck to be factored into his, his own possibilities, all right? So when he says chance, it what it means is, so, you know, if I come to you, let's say Nonso, Nonso calls me and say, ah, Victor, did you get it? Did you, were you able to look at the document I sent you? And I said, oh, no, Nonso, I didn't get the chance to do so. What I mean is not that I was not lucky to do so. What I mean is I didn't get the, opportunity to do so. So when the Bible says time and chance happen to them all, what it means is time and opportunity happens to them all. 
So whereas the race is not to the swift or the battle to the strong or the uh, or you know bread to men that are, are wise and all of that, he says that there are two things that are very important, and that is time and opportunities. And opportunities here represent seasons. And we're going to look at that um, further next week. But I wanted to point bring this scripture to us today that the success we would have in anything is largely determined by our discernment of the season that we are in. And if you ask business people, they'll tell you, they'll call, they might call it different things, all right? Uh, but eventually this is a spiritual principle that you understand the season and then you take actions that are commensurate to that season. And then if we look at it from a fiscal standpoint, um, say in the days of type, typewriter, all right, I think I was in, I still was in secondary school, uh, where we had typewriter and it was it was one of the rooms that was that was sacred to go to the typewriter room, you couldn't just go anyhow it must be your day, day for your class and all of that in the days of typewriter the person who knows how to type with the typewriter right had that skill was very valuable right and you could get a job if you know you'd be high demand but then computers came and replaced typewriters and even if you were skillful in typewriting, if you didn't understand the way computers worked, then you would not be valuable because the season had changed. The season had moved. So in the season of typewriter, you knew what to do. You knew the skill to have. But now in the season of computers, you need to learn another skill. And this is what the Bible is saying. That is not the skillful that really become wealthy, but those who understand times and seasons. And again, like the sons of Issachar, you know what to do in the times and the seasons, all right? So I said here that, and this is just in conclusion, that God encapsulates his operations in seasons. God encapsulates his operations in seasons. What I mean by that is, for instance, this is a, um, a case, this is an eyeglass case. Um, I, this case represents a capsule. What God does is that he wants to operate in your life, all right? What he does is he takes his operations and puts them in seasons, okay, and then sends them to you. Now, it is left for you to descend the season. And the moment you descend the season, you know that this is God, God's operation is in that season. And one thing the devil tries to do to us is to, you know, the Bible says, my people perish for lack of understanding. Meaning if a believer is perishing, it is more because of un, um, misunderstanding or lack of understanding than it is because of the power of the devil. No time has a believer perished because the devil was too powerful. Absolutely no time has a believer ever perished because the devil was too powerful. No. Most times and in almost all the cases is because the believer lacked certain understanding. And one of such understanding is the understanding of times and seasons. So the enemy tries to present a different approach to particular seasons so that we would interpret it differently and lose out from what God is doing, lose out from the operations of God. And I can tell you for a, for a fact, right, with all accuracy that in this season, the enemy's strategy is distraction. That distraction um, using economic situations, distraction from events going on, on all around the world. And the reason why he's distracting us and putting so much effort to distract us is because a new season from God has come and he wants to turn our eyes away from the season so that we don't see the operation of God in this season. But I assure you, if you can fix your eyes on what God 
on the on what on this season that God has brought us into, you would see God in that operation. It is the same way the Israelites, sorry, the, the disciples were in the boat and there was storm. And in the midst of that storm, they looked and they saw somebody walking on water and they saw that it was Jesus walking on water. I'm saying that if you can take your eyes away from the storms, the distractions, and look closely, you will see Jesus in the midst of the storm. But all the enemy wants is to distract us so that we focus on the boat, focus on the water, focus on the storm. And then we don't see that Jesus is actually operating. He's doing a miracle, performing a sign and a wonder. He's walking on water in the midst of this season that looks chaotic. Okay? Um, all right, and this is a prophetic word for us, please. This is a season that the enemy is trying to distract us um, from what from what God is doing. But in the midst of all the turmoil and the chaos and everything, God is operating. God is moving. He's still working wonders. He's still blessing people. He's still multiplying people. People are still going, multiplying their finances times 10 in a year. Um, he's still opening doors. There's, people are still living healthy lives. Don't let the chaos and the distraction in the news and with whatever is going on in the world, don't let it take, take your eyes off Jesus Christ in the midst of this storm. This season has a lot of the operations of God embedded in it. And all we need to do is to be discerning enough so we can see God in this season. Hallelujah. All right, all right, all right. So this was just introduction. Um, next week, We'll go further and then understand the concept of, you know, Kairos and Kronos and then see how we can recognize the seasons of our lives and, you know, all of that. But I just thought to give us a foundation to this all-important topic on times and seasons so that we are um, prepared for what's coming. Praise God. Okay, okay, okay. So this is where I will take questions. Anybody who has a question, please feel free to, to ask. Um, I honestly haven't heard anything from anyone on Mixlr. Um, I, 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 Victor. Hi. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, that was so this, is, this is Bio. Hi, Bio. So I just want to, it's more like um, an addition or a comment to what you said. Yes, please. And um, I must say that thank you for, for, for teaching this. And I think this is one of the most powerful topics a believer needs to listen to. And um, I, I strongly, in my spirit, feel like probably there's someone here and um, you are probably struggling with something and you are saying that when will my own time or my own season come? The reality is that God, God owns time and season. And sometimes there's, you cannot pray, you cannot pray to, to fast forward certain season because, you know, I need to be careful here. I'm not saying that <clears throat> I'm not saying that you can pray to to turn situations around. Ezekiah did that. He prayed and God extended his life. But there are certain things that you can't actually pray to fast track. Um, as in you can't and um just to add to what Victor said about there are certain things that you don't need to pray for, for example, because God owns you, He has your manual. So there are certain things that you just need to trust God's timing. And this is so important because this is why a lot of believers um, actually backslide because they will feel like, oh, uh, I, I trust God for this thing. God did not do it. Um, God, um, I prayed and it, it didn't happen. God promised me it, it did not happen. And I want to tell you about, there's something called belief. There's something called hope. And there's something called, there's something called faith. Um, the first track of it is actually belief. Belief is when you have an expectation. 
hope, sorry, hope is when you have an expectation that something is going to happen. Believe is when you are convinced about that expectation. Now, trust, now faith is actually when you now take action and you, you, you trust God and you are so convinced that whatever God says he will do, he will do it. Let's look at the story of Abraham. The Bible says in the book of um, Romans, I think Romans 4, 17, that Abraham was absolutely convinced that what God has said he will do, he will do it. So he did not say, oh, God said, I'll give back to them, I'll be father of all nations. And one year after, and if you read it, it was more than two decades, that Abraham, I think 25 years to be precise, that Abraham still had to wait on God. So this is a very powerful topic as a believer. There are certain things that even your prayer will not fast track to you. So the most important thing is, Lord, let me be in your will. And ability to trust God, even when things does not make sense to you. Because it's possible for you to listen to this kind of message. And you, you are trying to pray to fast track your season, which is different from what God actually has in plan for you. So as a believer, you must have that level of faith and that level of belief or conviction to trust God genuinely. To say that even when things are not making sense, you just trust God that he cares so much about you. And his plans for you are plan of good according to Jeremiah 20, 29, 11. So this is very important so that you don't think, oh, I can actually pray to do certain things. So yes, prayer is good. Prayer is important. You can pray to fast track some things. However, there are some things that you cannot even pray to fast track. You just mm-hmm. absolutely have to trust God's time and season. I just, I just felt led to add that to this. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Bayo. And that's absolutely true. And uh, just to retreat what he said, that there are certain things you cannot fast track. If the season has not come, the season has not come. Your prayer cannot make, cannot put pressure on God to operate in a season that he has not determined it to operate. What your prayers will do rather is to prepare you so that when that season comes, you can enter into it fully. Your prayers will help you to stay alert and discerning, but your prayers cannot bend the hand of God to bring into operation what has been earmarked for a particular season. Um, absolutely true. Thank you so much, Bayo, for sharing that. Um, all right. Do we have any other question or contribution? And, you know, at this point, you will also just take one thing you learned today, um, anything you've learned today, you want to just, you know, share it, share it with us, please feel free to do so. For those of us on Mixeller, um, as always, you can type in what you've learned and um, share it with us as well. What is that one thing you learned that has blessed you? Or if you do have a question, this is a good time to ask. Question. Okay, go ahead, please. Good evening, everybody. Good evening, ma'am. Fantastic. <laughs> my question is, how do I know when my season is interfered with something else? Okay. Very, 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 very good question. And this, this is what we want to look at next week. Um, but I will give us a hint um, to it, but we'll look at it fully next week. If I want to look at how do I even identify what season I'm, I'm in, and then how do I know if my season is interfered with, okay? Um, there's, let, me, let me read a scripture for us. Isaiah chapter, chapter 66, okay? Isaiah chapter 66, it says, Verse seven, but before she traveled, she brought forth. Before her pain came, she was delivered of a man child. Then he says, who hath heard of such a thing? 
who had seen of who had seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day, or shall a nation be born at once? It says, for as soon as Zion travailed, she brought brought forth her children. Verse nine. God begins to ask a question. He says, Shall I bring to birth and not cause to bring forth? Said the Lord. Shall I cause to bring forth and shut the womb? Said thy God. Now, first of all, um, Isaiah here through prophecy was explaining that as soon as a woman, um, I mean, typically as soon as a woman travails, she gives she gives birth. All right, and before that travail comes, there's a pain. Um, there's the pain of birth. There's a um, how was the word now? Birth pangs, yes. So there's a pain a woman feels that she knows, okay, how it's, it's almost time for her to give birth. And then she travails or she pushes and then she brings forth. Then God now asks a question and says, shall I bring to birth? Meaning, shall I bring you to the point of birth and then not cause you to bring forth? Meaning, so will I bring you to that point where you, 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 you know it's your season to um, give birth, but then nothing comes out? And obviously the answer is no. And that is the same way we know when our season has been interrupted, that when a season comes, it comes with, with um, its own, quote unquote, birth pangs, meaning there are internal experiences we feel that lets us know a certain season has come. And this is why our fellowship with God is important and God in his faithfulness hints us of certain seasons, all right, when we sense that it's it, it, there's just breakthrough that's supposed to come in this season. Something big is supposed to come. You might not know what it is. You have no clue what it is, but you sense that there's something that should happen in this season. Now, what you should do as a person is go to the place of prayer. That's where travail happens, all right? And then you eventually give birth. But if in that period, after feeling that or sensing um, those signals in your spirit and nothing happens, then it is safe to say that there's an interference with um, the season that you are in or that God had destined for you. And another good example is um, the book of Daniel. Daniel, through um, reading scriptures, he understood that this was the time for, or the, rather the time for the liberation of Israel was very, very close. He understood that from scriptures, all right? And then he began to pray. And he stayed in the place of prayer up until the angel came and said to him, you know what, from the first day you started praying, the answer was released. So meaning three weeks ago, you started praying, the answer was released, but there was a demonic interference. So again, I say that if there is, the manifestation has not yet come, even though you have you sense in your spirit that this is the window for the manifestation, then it's likely that there is a demonic interference. And what you do is you stay in the place of prayer, um, watching over that particular issue and traveling over it, until it comes to pass. Let me use final example myself. Um, sometime last year, I sensed strongly that I was supposed to get a, a new job and something else was supposed to come. But I, all my efforts didn't seem to produce results. And what I did was I took it to the next level. Yes, I was preparing myself, you know, learning, gaining certification and everything that I needed to do on my own part as a human being physically. But also spiritually, I prayed intensely about it because I was so convinced in my spirit. And this wasn't just me wishing I have a good job. No, it was I sensed that God wanted me to have that what was coming because there were other things that were tied to that particular experience. And so I prayed intensely about it. Um, and I knew it was done. It was settled. And eventually the job came, you know, towards the end of last year. Um, so I, I hope this answers the question.
Okay, thank you. Any other question um, uh, on Mixellar's um, Samaru says times and okay, what she learned times and seasons, a time when God shapes and molds us. Thank you very much. Okay, anyone else wants to drop something they learned today? Please drop it in the chat quickly. Um, what did you learn today? What was one thing you learned that you are going back with? All right. Okay, while that is happening, um, or before we move on, actually, let's let's say a word of prayer um, before we, we close. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for today. We thank you for the understanding you've given unto us and the insights you have you know, granted us today. We pray and ask in the name of Jesus that you grant unto us a discerning heart. Help us to discern the seasons we are in. The seasons where we should just sit still and just wait. The seasons where we should take actions and move out. The seasons when we should um, retreat. The seasons where we should advance. The seasons where we should sow. The seasons where we should reap. Father, we ask for discerning hearts to know the seasons that we are in so that we would know what we ought to do in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you. Let this um, the rest of this week be filled with your, with understanding, understanding coming to us by your spirit. To you be all the glory and all the praise. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen.